You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Ah, thank you, Lord. Say, I believe the word. Oh, say it like you mean. Say, I believe the word of God. As a full expression of the Godhead. Whatever God is, that is his word. For he has magnified his word above his name. I believe God transforms. His word transforms me. I believe God is healing. His word heals me. I believe God is provision. His word provides for me. I believe God is protection. His word protects me. Whatever the word of God is, that is God. And he shall perform it in my life today. I can never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. In this church, we see God's word as God. Anytime you hear the word of God, you are hearing God speaking directly to you. Amen. So anytime you hear God's word, don't see God's word as a substandard. God's word is equal to God. Amen. God's word is equal to God. So God's word is not substandard. God's word is not under God. God's word is God. You are what you speak. Your word is you. Praise God. So anytime you hear God's word, get excited because God is speaking to you. And whatever God speaks to you, listen very carefully, is not exaggerated. You see, God doesn't speak for fun. And so sometimes when you hear God speak, it baffles your mind because you are not in God's dimension. And so for you, you see it as an exaggeration. Sometimes you see it as a fairy tale because your mind, your awareness your worldview, your perspective is limited. And because you function in the limited edition, <laughs> you think God is at your class. But the reason why you are a child of God is to make sure rather that you think like God thinks. Because he, by the blood, has brought you up to the God class. Oh, praise God. See, so, the day you start believing God like a child of God, you will live like God on earth. <laughs> praise God. Alright, so, anytime you're hearing God's word, don't think it's an exaggeration. 
And don't think that, oh, it's too difficult. It's not. It's not. It's within your capacity. There's a seed in you. That seed in you is the seed of God. And so everything God says to you, he has already wired the capacity to do. That's why Apostle Paul said, within the capacity God has given me and the assignment he has given me, I can do all things. I, I can't turn stones into bread because that's not my calling. But whatever God has called me to do, in the capacity he has called me, I can function. Are you getting the point? So, whatever God has called you to do, anytime you hear God's word to do it, know that you have been wired to do. God said he has given you and I the mandate, the authority to go with souls. And it is not a cheap job. It's not a cheap assignment it is a privileged position that you with all your weaknesses and your flaws he picked you up raised you to his standard and then he sent you out wow as a matter of fact if you are to go to his palace, both you, your status and your state doesn't fit. But by the blood, he raised you, washed you, cleaned you, put on you the best, and gave you the right status. And he himself walked you into the palace. And there in the palace, he gave you that authority. Go back. And what I have done, do same and bring other people. It's a privileged position. Praise God. So you must understand that you have this mandate. Say, I have the mandate. I gave an illustration on, on Wednesday. I said that if a policeman who has been given the mandate by the government of Ghana, stands as a traffic warden and lifts up his hand like this. He can lift the last finger, the biggest articulator truck that is on top speed. The moment he sees this policeman, his uniform and his finger, which is indicating that he should stop, no matter what speed, no, no matter his pedigree, he would have to stop. Is that true? Why? Because the policeman has the mandate. He has been given the authority. And he is functioning within his jurisdiction. So you can be a top security officer. You can be the top parliamentarian. You may think you have more power than him, 
But within that jurisdiction, he has been given the mandate to operate. So you would have to obey him. Praise God. So within the authority mandate giving us, we have been given the power to operate. The Holy Ghost he gave you is to be able to go and testify of the good news. And tell them about how Jesus resurrected from the dead and bought your place for you. So right now, heaven is already booked for you. You're actually living heaven on earth. Somebody say, we are going to go to heaven. Who told you so? We are already in heaven. We live heaven on earth. So if you die, are you going to go to heaven? Ah, I'm already in heaven. I will only be transported. That's why death is a transition. For the believer, death is not a state. It's a transition. You move on. And we have to take this mandate at heart. Say at heart. Tell the next person, at heart. If there's something he has called you to do, is to win souls. And if you don't like it, then, then, then there's something wrong. There's something wrong. You see, you can grow up within a culture. Although you are an eagle, because you grew up within the culture of a chicken, you begin to love things that chickens do. Although you have the instincts and the wiring of an eagle. You see, some of us grow up, grew up within a certain culture. Church culture. How many of you, this is your first church? Lift up your hand, let me see. This is your first church. Wow, so this is your first church. Amazing. So I have only one person here. Okay. Second church. Lift up your hands. Let me see. Oh, this is your second church. Lift up your hands. Oh, lift up your hands. This is your second church. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay. <laughs> it's getting interesting. Third church. This is your third church. Wow. They are coming. One, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-two. Okay. Fourth. Wow. <laughs> Left up your hands. Your fourth church. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Fourth. Okay, let me go again. Fifth. Prisla, you've traveled far. Oh, jacket. You're fifth church. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight. Can I go more? Okay, so your sit church. No, some people are refusing to. 
It's not that we don't have some here. They are refusing. <laughs> they don't want to be labeled. But, but the point is, if you grew up within these different church cultures, and all of these cultures are teaching you in a certain way. Now, you can realize that for most of us who grew up within the Presbyterian, Methodist, Catholic, and you see the Orthodox churches, fellowship was the reason for church. Church was more social. Oh, hello? Is that true? Yes. So far as we are able to meet, we are fine. So far as we are able to meet the needs of others, we are fine. So church was more social. So if you grew up within that culture, winning souls is the last agenda. It's the last agenda. It, 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 it won't be your first. And then you come to those who also grew up within the charismatic church. Materialism becomes your first agenda. How to prosper. Oh, hello? Oh, is that not true? How to prosper. So you see, when you come to church, you'll be plagued with ten ways to prosper. To make wealth. How, why you are not making wealth? The prophecy will come and call somebody out and tell him, the next week you are getting this. You know, so the emphasis is so much on earthly stuff. So for you, that becomes, listen to me, for you that becomes the beacon of spirituality. If you grew up within the Orthodox churches, your ability to associate well with your church member, and all of you can sit down and have a drink. I remember carefully, when I got born again, when I got born, there was an Anglican church that was very close to where I got born, the church I got born again. And when we had closed and we were going home, and they had closed church, you would see them sitting down, with their beer and their stuff, and they're enjoying life. Right in front of the church. It's a normal thing. It's a normal thing. It's a normal thing. So you see, if you grew up within that kind of church culture, that is why soul winning has become a problem. Because for many of us, it is foreign to us. We don't even know that this is our first calling. Listen to me very carefully. The Holy Ghost that was given you was first given you to give life. Did you hear what I said? Let me say it again. I said the Holy Ghost that was given you when you got born again. The Holy Ghost was given to you 
to be able to give life. How do you give life? When you win a soul, you have given life to somebody. Are you here with me? You see, when you win a soul, that is what an unbeliever can never do. The first purpose for the Holy Spirit that is giving you as a believer is that you give life to another person. And when you give them Jesus, you present Jesus to them, they receive life. Oh, praise God. And, and that is why he says that if you don't bear fruit and your fruit does not remain in him, you are barren. Anytime you decide to use the Holy Ghost for the purpose for which he was given to you, you see signs and wonders. I can take you back to the Acts of the Apostles. The reason why you saw a lot of signs and wonders, miracles, Peter would say, rise up and walk, because it was not for show. It was not for church. It was for winning souls. That was the agenda. That was what preoccupied their mind. And because they were using the Holy Ghost for the purpose he was giving, you could see the flow of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost gives life to unbelievers. That's the first job. That's the first That's the first. That's the first. That's the first. And so, anytime a church decides to do the first, they will be plagued with signs and wonders. I'm telling you. And when you go out, it will amaze you. That somebody who is sick, you just touch them and they are healed. Because you are using the Holy Ghost to bring life to the next person. Oh, praise God. That's how the Holy Ghost is multiplied in the lives of people. He gives birth like you were giving birth to. Oh, praise God. All the other things <laughs> the Holy Ghost does are secondary. This is the first. Do you know why? Because the Holy Ghost is to listen to Jesus. Is to glorify Jesus. Why did Jesus come? He said, I came to seek and save what? The Lord. So why did the Holy Ghost come? If the Holy Ghost is to glorify Jesus and Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Why did he bring the Holy Ghost? To seek and save the lost. Oh, praise God. So are you understanding this? Is it clear? So you see, the church is wrong. 
We have always put the cart before the horse. And we think we are doing church. That's no church. That's no church. I, I, somebody came to me after church on Sunday and said they were sitting, they, 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 they've had this lump at their lower abdomen for two years. And, and it's been, they said they have to do a surgery and they don't even have the money to go and do the surgery. Have the money yet. She said, she woke up one of these days, the thing is gone. She, she said, it's gone. Uh, and she, so she was asking me, why? What is it? <laughs> I said, ah, but if the thing is gone, it is gone. And I said, well, this is not the first. This is not the second. This is not the third in this church. I normally don't talk about these things. I mean, I can give you a series of examples. I don't know. It's not everybody who wants me to tell their story. Some people get offended. So, But, but the point is that you don't need to touch somebody for them to be healed. When we do the needful by the Holy Ghost, he will do things we have not called him to do. You see, our problem now in church is like, church has become like a supermarket. You see, we focus so much on us. Like we have come. That, I think maybe we should change this thing from church service to worship service. Yes. So that, because church service makes it seem some way. You know, so we come for service. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. But the moment you said worship service, then the focus goes on him. You see, when the focus is on him, he becomes our agenda. Every other spot in your life will be taken care of. Anytime you hear Apostle Paul pray in the New Testament, he never prayed for physical stuff. It was always for spiritual stuff. Because as for the physical, they are bonuses. And the point is that our father is a responsible father. He will take care of them. When you lift up Jesus, the rest will be taken care of. Oh, praise God. Please listen to me very carefully. Anytime messages always come and the messages are always on you, 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 it is teaching you to be greedy, to be selfish, to be self-conscious. It will lead you to stress. Believers are not supposed to get BP. I'm, listen, I'm telling you. 
If you're a believer and you have BP, there's a problem. Because the word of God distresses you. You don't get it. You see, when Jesus is lifted, stress is depressed. But you see, anytime we are always talking about money, wealth, you see, it puts pressure on you. And you always want to go and look for. And you always want to become better by that. Meanwhile, you have been made the best. You see, do you know that many of us want to become like the unbeliever who is wealthy on the street? And they have become our agenda not to win them for Christ, but we want to become like them. Because the messages we hear make us feel that even the unbelievers are better than us. If they have money, you don't have money, then they are better. I'm sorry to disappoint you. If that is the measure, then we have lost it. Because when Jesus came, people were already wealthy. Are you here? Am I speaking to believers? Do you know that when Jesus came, before Jesus came, people were worthy. And they even brought him gold. So Jesus did not come to give you money. Are you here? Or to... What told you Jesus came to? Because before he came, people had money. Chooser, who was a minister. In those days, the wife was one of the supporters of Jesus. He was an unbeliever. But he was supporting, the wife was supporting the ministry of Jesus. He was giving money to God. People were already married. Oh, hello? Hi. Ah, you don't know. Were people not married? People were married. People were married. So who told you that Jesus came to give you marriage? You, 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 you see the problem? So you see, when he has given you the best, and you would have to settle with the best you have, you are looking for the less to make you feel like the best. Any blessing you have that the unbeliever also has, 
is not an advantage. Let me say it again. If you didn't hear. Any blessing you have that the unbeliever also has is not an advantage. So, be satisfied with the life that is eternal. That money cannot buy. Be satisfied that your sins has been paid for. And the penalty and punishment that is supposed to come for your sins, somebody has taken it. No matter how wealthy somebody is, no matter how many houses they have, no matter their pedigree and connection, no matter what they, their sin still stays with them. And they will receive full punishment for their sins. When they die, they are gone. But when you die, you live in eternal bliss. This is the worth of a human being. Every other thing is useless. It's hopeless. Praise God. Are you understanding me? Good. So now listen. Are Christians meant to be poor? No. Are Christians meant to live at the low side? No. no. That's not it. That's not it. But when the believer understands that for anything they receive that is a material is meant to be a conduit for the spiritual assignment. So their minds will not rest on the material. Their mind will be rested on the spiritual. And that will be their motivation. So you see, the moment the Lord gives you money, know that the money is for the assignment. The Lord gives you a position, the position is for the assignment. So you see, your heart, your mind is not on the position, it's not on the money. You don't look for it and search for it and go gra grab it and uh, you want to have it, have a private jet. No, it's not your agenda. Because what is your agenda is the spiritual that he has given you. And that is what occupies you. We have a problem in church. Some years ago, somebody told me, the Lord is going to bless you. You're going to buy a private jet. And I jumped and caught it. I've transliterated it so you understood it well. I jumped and caught it. Me riso. <laughs> but when I got knowledge, I realized that that was a useless prophecy.
Very useless. <laughs> useless. Useless. There are certain things we'll never use money for. Said, oh, if I get a private jet, we win souls better. It's not true. You want to live lavishly. It has nothing to do with the mandate. There are so many things we have occupied ourselves with. That is not the first. Let's go back to the first. Praise the Lord. God has called all of us to win souls. It is not for a department. So, where is the evangelism department? You are not doing well at all. Oh, are you sure? No. Everybody is part of the evangelism department. Apostle Paul told Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. Timothy was not an evangelist. But he said, do the work. So, as for me, I'm a pastor. I don't win souls. Oh, are you sure? No. You preach the word, go and win souls. Everybody. As for me, I'm a prayer warrior. Who told you? <laughs> Everybody. Oh, as for me, I sing in church. So, no, go out there and win souls. Every office you occupy is meant to help you win souls. Praise God. God calls all of us to win souls. All his children. And if you don't do it, if we do not carry the gospel to those who don't know Christ or are not outward focused, we are guilty. Say we are guilty. Say we are guilty. Are you truly guilty? Number one, if we don't do that, it is disobedience to the main command. To what command? To what? What? Great commission. It is the main, say it's the main command. There are commands in the New Testament. One of them is love one another. Love is the royal command. This is the main command. This. Go and win souls. Somebody say the great commission. Give me the next point. Not the next verse. I've spoken to this on Wednesday. So I won't. It means that you have lack of love for Jesus. You have what? If you don't go to win souls, it means you have. Is it true? No, please. Is it true? You are a child of God. He has given you a command. If you don't go, you have disobeyed. Is that right? Okay. If you don't go, it means you don't love him. 
Do you love him? Are you sure you do? What did he tell you to do? He said, do what? Go. And win. So what do you do? You go and do just that. Praise God. He's not asking you. He's not requesting you. He's commanding. That's why it is a call. Command. <laughs> it's a command. It's a command. It means you are not following Christ. Look at what he said to Peter. Let's all read what he said to Peter. Go. Jesus said, mm -hmm, follow me and I will make you what? This is direct. Is it direct? I mean, he just called the person. Oh, come. He said, come. And then he said, and what assignment did he give him? Fishers of. So what assignment has Jesus called you to give you? To fish for. Are you doing that assignment? Please. When you are following somebody, you do what they tell you to do. That makes you a true follower. Is that not it? Oh no, is that not it? Yes. When you are just following somebody and you are not receiving an assignment for following, it means you are going on a walk. Oh, is that not it? Yeah, it means you are going on a walk. But if you are following somebody. There's an assignment that you have to do. So when they give you the assignment, you go straight to do that. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. How did Peter know that Christ has now made him for him to go? says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall go to Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, to the other parts of the world to testify about me. Praise God. So the moment the Holy Ghost came, they knew that what he told him, the seizing has come. Are you a believer? Have you received the Holy Ghost? Then go and do the assignment. It's that simple. If you're a true follower, this is it. When you follow Jesus, you fish for people. You fish for souls. Do you know how to fish? <laughs> We've talked about the man. We've talked about the message. Now, the fishing, when you go fishing, you don't go, no, then you catch a fish. It takes what? It, oh, it takes a while. It takes a while. Sometimes you have to sit, bait them. And the reason why sometimes I feel so sad is that the way you were so baited, the tough time you gave that man or that woman. You call, yo, come to church. He said, oh, um, next week. 
He said, oh, next two weeks. But they didn't give up on you because they know the assignment. They are fishing for you. Oh, praise God. Look at the big sea. That you have to go to one specific place in this big sea and fish. Or you see a lake. Big. You don't know where the fish is. But you just go, believing you get something. Is that not it? The world in the Bible is like a sea. And we have been brought in and given the privilege to fish. Oh, praise God. Tell them I'm a fisherwoman or a fishman. Tell them. Oh, if you have a woman say that. Tell them like you mean it. Tell them. Give me the next. If you, if you disobey, if you don't go to win souls, you are not abiding in, in, in him. So he didn't say that he's not abiding in you. You see the difference? You see the difference? You are not abiding Okay, it's like you are in a household, in a family. So you are in a family. Okay, now this is what the family, this is the family culture, this is what the family does. You see, when you don't do what the family does, you are within the family, but you are like a rebel in the family. This is what it means. This is the culture of the family. This is what we do in the family. In the family, we win souls. This is the agenda of the family. <laughs> so if you don't do what the family must do, you are like a deviant in the family. You are not abiding in the family. You don't believe in the tenet of the family. Oh, hello? Listen, soul winning is a big thing. I'm telling you, it's a big thing. We have made it little, we have made it trivial, we have made it like it's, it's nothing. And we are making, giving the enemy a lot of funds. Oh, yes. He won't worry us with anything. You want money? Oh, straight. Now, <laughs> now I can say that, now I can say that, listen, I can say that for most of us, the enemy will occupy us with things. So we forget the first assignment. <laughs> because things have become our focus. So he won't bother us. Get it. He won't stand in your way. Because he knows that so far as you get it rather, you want more every time. 
So your focus is on that. And that's actually what the church has become. So that we lose focus on the main assignment in the main agenda. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Let's all read what Jesus said. Jesus said what? I am the true vine. When you abide in him, what do you do? So if you are part of this family, what do you do? You bear fruit. And he has ordained you to. Have you been ordained? Do you know that I've been ordained as a pastor? I've been given the mandate. Is that right? Okay, so you have been ordained, been given the mandate, been commissioned to win souls. Okay? To win souls, to bear fruit. And he says to bring forth what? Oh, no. We, we move from more before we go to much. So, number one, you have been ordained to bear what? Number two, to what? To bring forth what? More fruit. And then to what? So, you see the assignment. So, when you bring one soul, don't think you... No. More until you get to what? Match. Until you get to match. Until you get to match. Until you get to match. How come we have made the biggest the smallest? I don't know. I've been wondering and asking myself all these days. I said, ah, what happened? Do you know that John Wesley had problems with his marriage? Do you know that? Most of you don't know. He had, he had so many problems. I think he married like three times or something. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. But you see, the concentration was not on that. Because they knew the core assignment. They understood the mandate. So with all of those problems, look at the work John Wesley did. Go and check. these guys have these same problems you are having. They have these same challenges you are having. But the point is their focus was on the assignment. So I'm having problems so I can't come to church anymore. You don't know who you are. Oh I have not gotten this so I can't do this anymore. Because that's what even our born again messages itself is a problem. Come to Christ and you will get a job. Oh, I've prayed, sir. Uh, me, I, I'm an unbeliever. I've searched, I've written, in, uh, this, I, I don't get a job. Oh, really? Come to Christ. You get a job. 
say, oh, I used to do this. And I used to do that. Now I don't do that anymore. Come to Christ and you not, you not do that. True. And then they come to Christ with you. And then something that day, even when they were unbelievers, they didn't do, they see you do it. Because your exposure of sin is so narrow. Because Christ didn't come to take away the acts of sin. He came to take the nature of what? Sin. The nature of sin. Tell the next person, focus on the main assignment. You are to bear fruit. Bring more fruit and bear much fruit. Hallelujah. Next. Look at the next. Give me the next. Okay. This is what Alex Mitala said. I want all of us to read it. Alex Mitala. Go. Alex Metala, an African church planter who oversees a fellowship of more than 18,000 local churches. The general overseer of the National Churches of Uganda, he told the Christian Post that what? Every Christian must be, every Christian must be, should be, could be, no, maybe. Must be a soul winner. It's a must. It's a must. On this Jesus culture thing I'm teaching, I said that if only 10 people will catch it, we will never be the same. The word culture, we're on the evangelism culture. These are the cultures of the believer. If you don't live this culture, I don't know what life you're living. Grounded in the word. Number two, evangelize. Every Christian must be a soul winner. Next, he says what? He pointed to the Bible and said, Scripture said, all believers are called to participate in a soul winning come, come. Do you know the kinds of campaigns you do? Do you know how you join on social media? When people start setting campaigns. Somebody says a campaign against HIV AIDS. And then they send. And then you say, hey. Drop what? Drop that chamber. Which one is that? So you see, they know. A lot of campaigns. A lot of campaigns. Somebody sent me some message on how children, our, our children are easily adapted. Yes, easily. Abdu I mean, it was so easy. This guy had a puppy. And he would call, he would go to the parent, tell the parent, have you uh, told your child he shouldn't go to strangers, blah, 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 blah. He said, yes, I have. He said, really? Okay, so you watch. I'm going to your child. And let's see whether he's going to accept me or not. 
take the child. There. And then it takes the puppy there, then starts talking to the child. Say, you like puppies? Yes, I have a lot more in the car. Can we go and see them? The child like John. <laughs> and then a parent will look. Hey! Went to about three parents, three children. All of them followed him. They realized he's not done the job. Can somebody do that for evangelism? And then post it. And when they post it, that one, you don't even look at it. The moment you see that it is about, oh. You see, your interest is in so many other campaigns, not the soul winning campaign. It doesn't even bother you. The amount of people dying without Jesus. It doesn't come to your mind. That just a word, just a minute, just a microsecond. They say, I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. Just that word, eternally, they are changed. Just that. And it doesn't bother you. It doesn't. What bothers you? If you get the money to pay the fees, oh Lord, you are good. You know, yeah, that's it. The moment you get the contract, oh, praise the Lord. Pastor, come and see. If we are to share testimonies right now, you see the testimonies you share. If we say, oh, thank God, a soul came to Jesus. Oh, me not feel. <laughs> what happened? Let's all wake up. Praise the Lord. Look at what he said. What did he say? He says he wants people to believe him after repenting of their Sings to grow and then after to become what disciples, praise God. Next, Mitala said, Every believer must be a soul winner, every believer is empowered according to the Bible. God calls people to serve in different ways. Mitala said, But whether they are a businessman, a farmer, a musician, a believer has to be a soul winner. Next. This is what Dr. James Wilkins declared. He said, it is only half right to say that only the Holy Spirit can win souls. I say half right because it is true that it is only by the convicting power of the Holy Spirit that people are saved. So you see, some of us, we are sitting in the church and say, the Holy Ghost will bring them. Oh, but pastor, you are preaching about this thing too much. The Holy Ghost will bring them. Oh, really? Who told you? Who told you? The Holy Ghost has empowered you. When you go, you are the conduit. Just by your word, they will receive conviction. Oh, praise God. Are you understanding it? Just by your word. So they are waiting for the word of your mouth. That Jesus is Lord. That Jesus died. That Jesus is resurrected. 
And the Holy Spirit will use that to convict. Praise God. Look at what he said. I say half right because it is true that it is only by the convicting power of the Holy Spirit that people are saved. But you are half wrong because it is through human instrumentality that the Holy Spirit does his work. Only the Holy Spirit can save souls. When we willingly yield to God in the matter of soul winning or any other work, then the Holy Spirit flows through us and out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water. When we allow God to use us, then we, by the power of the Holy Spirit, flowing through us, are partners together with God in the winning of souls to the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Look at the next. Most of us are selfish. It's always us. How have we made materialism the beacon of spirituality? This is quite a sorry state. This one is my good. How we have made materialism the beacon of spirituality is quite a sorry state. Quite a sorry state. When Jesus said the life of a man does not consist in the abundance of things he has. Now that's what we have made it. That's what we have made it. Look at the next. My friends, stop thinking like little children. Think like mature people and be as innocent as tiny babies. Don't just think about your own affairs but be interested in others too and in what they are doing. Oh, hello. See, we're always, always thinking about ourselves. Is that right? It's us and us and us and us. Luke 9.62 says, but Jesus told him, anyone who lets himself be distracted from the work I planned for him is not fit for the kingdom. This is a big one. Distraction. It's not fit. We know the work he has given us, right? Are we planning our own work or we are doing his work? Hello. All right. I love this. I love this. You know, Nehemiah was given an assignment. Nehemiah was given an assignment. And there were these guys. <laughs> they are called Sambalat, Tobiah, Geshem. And there were others who were enemies, but their names were not mentioned. And look at what Nehemiah said. I like the account. Anytime I read this account, it brings me to a place of focus because there are a lot of distractors. It doesn't matter whether they are your seniors or your subordinates or they are your colleagues. They can distract you. So don't look at just your enemies. Anybody who is a distractor, 
then becomes an enemy for the assignment you have been given. It's as simple as ABC. Watch this. When Sambalat, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies ahead that I had rebuilt the wall and that there were no more bricks in it, even though I hadn't yet installed the gate, Sambalak and Geshem sent this message. Come and meet me with us at Kefirim in the valley of Ono. I knew they were scheming to hurt me, so I sent messengers back with this. I am doing a great work. I can't come down. I am doing a great work. I can't come down. When you are called for agencies, let them know there's an emergency. My brothers and sisters, I'll talk about time as part of the Jesus culture. But listen, we don't have time. Listen, this soul winning thing is an emergency. You don't have time. And I hope you reply like Neymar did. Why should the work come to a standstill? Just so I come down to see you. Four times. Look at the persistence of the distractors. Four times they sent this message and four times I gave them my answer. That is a focused person. Four times. Now look at the fifth time, same messenger, same message. Sambalat sent an unsealed letter with this message. The word is out among the nations and Geshem says it's true. That you and the Jews are planning to rebel. That's why you are rebuilding the wall. Now they are giving him. People can give you your own intentions by their intentions. Oh my word. The word is that you want to be king and that you have appointed prophets to announce in Jerusalem. There's a king in Judah. The king is going to be told all this. Don't you think we should sit down and have a talk? Is it their plan? All they want is that he will move and come and see. So they are now saying, you want to be king. You want to be that. We are going to tell the king that if you don't come, we are going to tell him that this is your plan. They created one for him. I sent him back this. There is nothing to what you are saying. You have made it all up. They were trying to intimidate us into quitting. They thought they will give up. They will never finish it. I prayed, Lord, give me strength. May that be your answer. Listen to me. What I am telling you, the moment you go out, you are going to have a lot of distractors. Including your own affairs. 
to take your focus from this assignment you have been given. Say, Pastor, I don't have money to take car to go and win souls. Pastor, when I look at the time to do this job my boss has given me, what time am I going to use? When I look at this, when I look at that, when I look at this, when I... You are going to have a loss. I pray that you are like Nehemiah. That the focus is not your job. The reason why you have the job is that you become a conduit to sowing. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, I said praise the Lord. You have a great reward. Say, I have a great reward. Let's all, let's all read it together. Go. John 4, 36, 37. Go. The reapers will be paid good wages and will be gathering what? Eternal souls into the granaries. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. Look at 37 and 38. Go. What joys await the sower and the reaper both together? For it is true that one sows and someone else reaps. Oh God, I sent you to reap where you didn't sow. Others did the work and you received the harvest. Hey. Hey, you see what Jesus just said? You know what he's saying? He's saying that when it is so winning, you are not the sower. He, Jesus, is the one who has sown. You are only going to reap the harvest. The work he has done, you are just going to publicize the work. Praise God. And he says, both you and him are going to rejoice together. Oh, hallelujah. Both you and him. Both you and him. Please, you see the reward we are going to get. Look at the reward. We are winning eternal souls into the granaries of heaven. You want awards. The best worker award. And then you put it on your shelf. Charlie Adefo. The best employee of the year, 2019. And they call your name. They clap. Crack, 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 crack. They give you a package. Champion. It's good. But I want the best. That goes into eternity. Yes. As a matter of fact, if I'm taking an earthly award, it is because it is going to be, it is going to make me more effective in what? So winning. Are you getting the point? You see, that should be the motivation. That one doesn't come first. That's not the achievement. That's not the goal. 
It's only a conduit. Praise the Lord. I'm the best surgeon. Oh, amazing. It will give you the opportunity to win more souls. Is that not it? That should be the motivation. Oh, praise the Lord. That's it. That's it. That's it. I pray. I pray that you never lose focus on this. As the Lord gives you a broader level of influence, may your soul winning prayers be broader. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The Lord bless you. Grace, glorious grace At the cross You called it finished Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Reverend Josh Lai Lead Pastor, Caris Center International We believe the word has begun a good work in you May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life Caris Center International Living Heaven on Earth <laughs>